listeners, welcome back to a uh, Tuesday, December 12th edition of 94 by 50 Basketball. I am Matt, here with Max. What up, listeners? And we have a special guest uh, making her first appearance, a cameo appearance on the pod. to recap our weekend together uh, in New Jersey and Baltimore last weekend, Kirsten. Thanks for having me, guys. What I'm Kirsten. an avid listener, and it's fun to be to finally be on the pod. Yeah, so, really. See the other side of the curtain. Exactly. It's crazy um, back here. See how the sausage gets made. <laughs> yeah. Well, happy to have you. We had a lovely weekend. These two hosted me, listeners, and facilitated a dream trip to see Illinois play at the rack, the trapezoid of terror. Yep. Um, yeah, so big shout outs to them, first and foremost, listeners. And we're some road yeah. warriors. Yeah. Wow, what a game. Uh Junior uh went off Mm -hmm. um and just a really loud place great energy i I had a blast yeah what were your guys thoughts on the whole whole experience very fun um one of the first maybe the first ever road college basketball game i had been to because i had been to obviously home badger games growing up um but had never been you know, I was an, an Illinois fan for the day. Illinois is probably my second favorite Big Ten team um, with, you know, you as a fan, Max, and then me having some extended family who went to Illinois. So we were um, we were in the minority at the rack, but we were loud and proud uh, cheering for Junior and the rest of the squad. Very cool arena, though. Um, just kind of intimate. Um a smaller arena, about 8,000 fans, but really loud um, the way the arena was set up. And it was a lot of fun. Um, the Rutgers fans were good sports, and but it was great to see Illinois come away with the win. I don't know, Kirsten, what was your experience like? Heck of a time. Great atmosphere. The fans were loud. Um, uh, some good food and drink. A-plus parking. <laughs> comfy seat yeah. not much more i can say mm-hmm. yeah I, listen i'll say these two really were uh illini fans for the day they were really getting into it with me um i tried to be loud and only a tiny bit obnoxious but with good you know in, in good faith <laughs> It was a really fun arena. Illinois kind of stomped on them, which was really fun. Um, in a in a gym that they lose a lot in, there was a decent amount of Illini fans. I was pretty loud, and uh, yeah, it was a great, great time. That was sick, and part of a great, I mean, East road trip for myself and the Illini. Exactly. Yeah, we um we started. The, the road trip off with some Luigi sandwiches, which uh, is Ooh. what Kirsten's going to choose. 
had to have so a good, good base. A good base. Good base heading in. We knew it was going to be a, a long day, needed to be present and supporting our boys on the court. So yeah. had a carbo load with some Luigi's, caffeinated with some Starbucks, and then started the beers once we got to the stadium. Yeah, and it got us through. It was delicious. Shade and shade, uh, yeah, really, Baltimore's a cool city, listeners, and check it out. Oh. And this is something that I told uh, these two when I got there. I was thinking about it. There should be, and I still am, so I got to share it. There should be a crab cake patty melt. Um, so any Baltimore listeners, if you can kind of put the word out. I really think it would be delicious however you make that happen. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would like to to note that um we were in our orange and blue representing we did not hide our our skirt. Nope. And no, we that's also- true. You know, maybe one regret of the day was not having a Jersey Mike's in the Jersey Mike's stadium. Wow. Yep. That's <laughs> true because it is so prominent. I mean, and... hindsight, I feel like we we, we should have done that. Wow. Next time. Not, yeah. yeah. Next, time. <laughs> Next time at the rack. Yeah. We're back for the game and Jersey Mike's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, the should we talk about the tailgating in the parking lot that we witnessed? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> tailgating is yeah, yeah. Not well. There was some tailgating, but we it's... got a good look of uh our uh next door neighbors who we parked to. They um parked next to. Mm-hmm. And we're hitting it hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right there outside the rack. Although, with the way that Rutgers was playing, they might have shared that with the team. They're looking <laughs> a little slow there. They came out a little sluggish, a little dazed. Mm-hmm. Dazed and confused. Um, Kirsten, while you're on your cameo appearance, anything else you'd like to add before you sign off any comments about junior's performance um listeners by the way or in the world of sports too or know. in the world of sports uh terrence shannon jr shall hereforth be known as junior on this yeah podcast. that seems pretty established at this point so mm-hmm. but still help no i i appreciate that you allowed me to to tag along for the day and had a great time looking forward to my next university of illinois (laughs) um yeah and i uh plan to watch the uh docu-series about the u.s women's national team at the uh world cup um past year um that recently came out so looking forward to that um but that that's all i got heck yeah, sports. Heck yeah. Well, it's an honor to go to the game with you honor to have you on here kirsten really appreciate it yeah thank you cheers all cheers, right everybody. there he goes
Kirsten, everybody. Woo. Um, so do you want to get into a little more Illinois talk, Max? You want to go to NBA and then come back to college? What are you feeling? Let's just keep it with college and run through there. Because, yeah, I mean, that was just the beginning of um, a really great road trip for Illinois. A really fun one. Um, and, yeah, seeing that in you know, kind of in person really was fun to watch how deep they were, how well they passed the ball, how kind of suffocating they are on defense. Mm -hmm. And while if you look at the score lines, it wouldn't show, I think there's just so much potential. Like this team's still figuring out how to play with each other, or what everyone's strengths are, where to get them the ball, all of that. Um, but what a fun trip to, to just, kind of really stomp on Rutgers at the rack, a place we've really struggled with, to go into Madison Square Garden on a big stage, big night, and take on a really, really good Florida Atlantic team. I mean, that's a team that's played together so much, and, you know, especially when you think compared to, you know, the, the Illini this year. And Golden is such a tough matchup. He played so well. We were lucky, and that's you know, smart to get him in foul trouble, mm -hmm. um, which made all the difference because when he was on the court, he torched us, you know. But when he was off, it was great. So just good playing. We're able to, you know, there's – I haven't questioned this team's defense, but the offense has been kind of a question, three-point shooting, no point guard, that kind of stuff. And to see a game where Terrence Shannon and Domask have 33 points – um, Terrence Shannon, we've seen something like it before, even though that was his career high. But Damask, to come up from Southern Illinois, um, he really blossomed on this trip. Had a rough game, the last game at Tennessee, but to score 33 points at the Garden, big shots and big moments, to want to be the guy, it's that's huge. And to go back to the drawing board, um, is, is great it kind of shows the leaders the role players it was uh it was a good trip um i would say just a lot of experience and including i guess since i've just gone through it i'll just round up with tennessee and then i'll get kind of your thoughts cool. um in tennessee you know great road environment against a really tough team um they haven't been playing as well um Bescovy, they're uh like very veteran point guard just hasn't played super well this year. He really got going against us um, and really just, we could not stop him and got a lot of better looks and offensively just didn't have it. Marcus and Terrence after their insane explosion, just kind of, I don't want to say reverted back to the mean because they both, it's not like the that game was a fluke, but really just shot terribly and really knocked us out of the game. Uh, you know, he couldn't do much, but Coleman Hawkins and Quincy Garrier, Garrier had a great game. And so that bodes well for the season to go to if, you know, any if you ask any Atlanta fan before this trip, if you win two out of three, how are you feeling? Everyone would say great, no matter kind of how it went. So uh, the last game was kind of gravy. It would have been fun to get one at Tennessee, but ultimately it didn't matter. And it felt like they're tired and. Got great experience. We moved up in the rankings. We're now 16. 
And I, I think this team, when they put it all together, is a top 10 team and really could have a fun year. Whew, that was a lot, but I just kept going and I got excited, you know? No, I love it. Um, I, you mentioned uh, Domask. I was really impressed with him, seeing him in person. Um, just really a really steady player. Um, plays within himself. Knows what to do with the ball in his hands. Um, is a very crafty, polished scorer, I think. Um, and will bring a lot of consistency, good shooting to the Illini, which is what you guys need. Um, it sounds like I didn't see the Tennessee game or all of the Florida Atlantic game, but it's, it sounds like based on what you said that Coleman is feeling better. He looked a little hampered coming off of a brief knee injury in the Rutgers game. Is that fair that he looks healthy now? Yeah, I think he's still gritting out a lot, you know, um, from, but he's definitely like, you know, he had it played in the stretch up, um, up to the Rutgers game so getting back in and just getting his confidence he actually like even in the Florida Atlantic game he um missed pretty much all of his threes and then at the end of the game he hit a super clutch one and then on the next play um got uh golden a foul on an offensive rebound mm-hmm. and then made the free throws um on a I believe it was still one and one made both the free throws and really iced the game um so really kind of got his confidence. Um, he's so that was huge because just shooting wise, he you know, it wasn't all there. Yep. Um, and sometimes he just tries to do to- too much. So the game's slowing down, you know, again. And um, that was big. And then Justin Harmon also is a big thing, I would say, too. Uh, I just realized I want to touch on him, just um kind of old reliable, didn't really know where he was with at this team and like just kind of what his role was. And these last few games, he's made a lot of like tip-ins on the offensive end or grabbing big rebounds or tipping a pass on defense that gets stolen. And his, his three-pointer looks pretty good when he's open. So that that's nice too. So the team's figuring out its roles. Um, but I think it's, it's really Coleman and Terrence Shannon and Domask. And in college, that can be a pretty good three if they're all on with the uh, amount of role players that – Illinois has that are really talented too. Yeah. And, um, I just wanted to touch on Rutgers too, listeners. So, uh, they just secured another, uh, five-star recruit to come in next year. In addition to Ace Bailey, they now have Dylan Harper, um, Ron Harper Jr.'s little brother, um, from Don Bosco prep, which I think is the same prep school as, uh, Tommy Cutlets, <laughs> Illinois alum, Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito. In New Jersey. Um, yeah, uh, second rated player in the nation um, will be coming to Rutgers next year, which is crazy. So they're and they, they have the two of the top three players in the nation um, and the number one recruiting class in the country right now. Yeah, good call. It is. Uh, Tommy DeVito did go there. Uh, (laughs) What a story he's becoming and his family. Um, Big shouts. But, uh, yeah, huge signing. Uh, You like it, I think, for the record. There's a lot of other teams I'd be kind of annoyed at this, you know, with this news. Or like, ah, Mm -hmm. god damn it. Like, Iowa got, got, you know. But Rutgers, I'm pretty, it's exciting. Um. That fan base impressed me um, with their spirit for the game. (laughs) 
and uh you know the family connection wins out it's kind of crazy to think how like the these type of recruits are about to just go bring it big time i think it's like in this uh eight day and age though it's like can't how many years can uh Rutgers pay them for <laughs> yeah true you know, let's figure out and <laughs> yeah. yeah if it goes past more than like one year so we'll see but it's really dope um and should be fun to watch and to have it in the big 10 you know so the badgers uh to transition over uh also had a gauntlet of games like illinois uh, home against Marquette, uh, on the road at Michigan State, and on the road at number one Arizona. I said going in that taking two out of three of these games would be a success, um, and that and they did that. Um, beat Marquette pretty handily at home, um, and Max Klesmet, uh being on fire was was key to that. He started off um, super hot, had a team high. 21 points in that game. Um, Marquette made a bit of a run uh, towards halftime and early in the second half, um, but we pulled away for a key uh, I-94 rivalry game. Yeah, Klesmet, four for four from three in that game, or five of 10 from three in that game, excuse me, six of 12 overall, 21 points. Um, What I do like about the Badgers this year is a little bit more balance. We've We've played um, eight or nine games, maybe 10 games, and we've had six different leading scorers, um, Hepburn, Wall, Crowell, Klesmet, uh, Store, and Blackwell. So I think we're getting some good balance. Um, Store had a really nice game at Michigan State. I was, I was really impressed with him, um, not only just for, you know, his sheer performance and stats, but also doing that on the road in his first big 10 game at a place like Michigan state, that's tough to go. Um, you know, when he's, when he's coming into a new conference, I thought he was really good. Um, and then the Arizona game was, we kept pace for a little bit early on. Um, but ultimately just got, got blitzed. Arizona shot really well. Um, they have a veteran team. They're not, you know, they're not a team of um, young freshmen, uh, blue kind of blue chip five-star freshmen. They have a lot of guys who have been in college for four or five years, have transferred in. Um, they have a guy who is on San Diego State's Final Four team who transferred in, who's been big for them. So they're they're definitely a worthy number one team in the country right now. Um, the you know, the coaches in the AP poll didn't hit us too much in the rankings, um, despite the big loss. Um, I think we actually moved up in the rankings. So I'm feeling pretty good right now, a lot better than uh, the last time listeners we checked in with you guys about college basketball. Um, Blackwell, John Blackwell has been a huge bright spot for us. He was honestly kind of, when you consider store as a transfer and then uh, Nolan Winner and Gus Yaldin coming in. He was kind of the fourth guy who I was looking at as um, as a newcomer who can make an impact. I didn't think he would do much, and that was that was just me being short sighted and you know thinking he's a three star recruit and not that heralded. But he has been terrific. He's now been a Big Ten Freshman of the Week 
for two weeks. He's averaging almost 10 points a game, uh, three and a half rebounds per game, shooting 50% from the field, 86% from the line and over 50% from three. So I don't know if he'll be able to keep those percentages up, but he had, he's about six, four, 200. So has good size for the big 10. Um, looks, you know, for a freshman, strong and athletic. And he's pushed uh, that, that helps me transition to Connor Asijin C3, who he's pushed down in the rotation. And it's not really clear what's going on with him. Um, there was talk of him having a back injury, but he hasn't missed, he's maybe missed one game. Um, so he's out there. He's just not playing very much, only seven and a half minutes per game two and a half points per game. And this is a guy who I thought would really come on after his performance towards the end of his freshman year, um, where he was often the Badgers go-to guy and hitting a lot of uh, outside shots from the perimeter. So we have a bit of a lull right now in our schedule. Um, Big 10 games don't resume until after the new year. Uh, We have Jacksonville State next at home uh, and then Chicago State at home uh, next Friday, um, which I'll be able to go to. I'm excited for that. And then we pick up Big Ten play uh, Tuesday, January 2nd at home versus Iowa. Max, um, I don't know how much of the Badgers you saw in these past few games, but anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen, I guess I'd say, like a decent amount of this little stretch, or at least kept up all of it and I think the Marquette win is huge and is going to keep looking better and better at Michigan State um, right now obviously they're 0-2 they're 4-5 overall you know it, it doesn't look as good but I, I just can't believe that Michigan State's just out for the season you know I think they're a team that like a lot of other Michigan State teams are going to come back and mm-hmm. uh, you know, have a good season and they'll be right in it and be a sneaky team in the tournament. <laughs> so we'll see. But um, so I think that's big. And like you said, Asia Star, um, big, also very um, impressed with um, the freshman. Uh, I think he's playing so well. And I think he looks the part, you know, like this doesn't feel like a fluky start. Um, he looks like size wise, he's able to be out there and play and bang around, you know, and seems to play within himself for the most part and get it off hustle plays and stuff. So I think um, I I like this Badger team. I think they're definitely like in the top tier of teams. Um, And yeah, I guess my one question for you though, is just like in these games, are, are you worried that they got, like they got blitzed in two games now, you know? And I guess my question is, do you think that was more of like, they just kind of like started getting run out of the gym or like, ah, man, and kind of gave up a bit? Or is that something like if the team like figures out like how to play the Badgers, you know, and you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're like, is that something that worries you that these teams like it? The game is the other game you're talking about. Yeah, because like if it was just Arizona, I don't think it'd be a thing. But there's been a couple games now where it's like, man, it feels like Wisconsin didn't even come to play today. Yeah, it concerns me a little bit. 
um, especially on the road. We, most of our wins are at home or neutral floor, except the MSU win. Um, that's our only true road win right now. And we know how much of a key the Cole Center crowd is. I think also with just the style the Badgers play and Greg Greg Gard likes, it's really hard for them to start slow and fall behind five, six, ten points and come back. Um, you know, it, yeah. a seven, eight point deficit for them is like a twelve or thirteen point deficit for a team that plays at a faster pace and has more possessions um, and uses less of the shot clock. So that's part of it. Um, I I think too, it could be some of it could be style and athleticism. I've noticed that big um, athletic guys have, have bugged us a little bit. Um, Providence had a lot of those players and we struggled to defend them inside and also guys who could get into the paint. So some of it is style. Some of it is how we approach the game. And we just need to start fast and lock in early on. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that all makes a lot of sense. Um, And I think just you guys are in a really good spot, though, Um, going forward. So uh, interesting to see, you know, kind of where we're going. I'd say anything else. Um you know, both of us undefeated in big so far, just the one game. But um, anything else from the, uh, you know, Big Ten or college basketball that we want to touch on? Oh, I don't think so. I think that the game to circle on your calendars, listeners, will be uh, March 2nd. That's the only Wisconsin-Illinois game this year. Uh, we'll be in Madison. Um, so definitely a bragging rights game. Uh, there uh, and for our podcast but no I don't think anything else college basketball wise Um, maybe let's take a quick break and then we can get into some NBA perfect Wonder how that's going to look. All Welcome back, everybody. So we had a good college basketball uh, catch up, talked some Wisconsin and Illinois, and discussed uh, each team's start to the season. Let's get into some NBA. So on Saturday, we had uh, the Lakers crowned the first ever in-season tournament NBA Cup uh, champions. I thought it was it was a fun tournament once we got to the kind of the business end of it and we got into Vegas. Um, I really enjoyed the Pacers run um, and just the teams that kind of young and experienced teams excitement um, going in there against the Bucks and against the Lakers. Um, Max, what were your thoughts overall on the on the tournament? Yeah, I think it was definitely a success. Um I mean, clearly there some storylines came out of it. It was fun to see, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, these uh, Pacers, and um, to have LeBron take it so seriously, I think really set the tone. 
um, for the whole thing and fun to see him win it and win the MVP and all that. Um, you know, I, I thought the courts were a little goofy. I mean, we kind of went into it last time, we did. but I would say pretty much a success and definitely cool that LeBron just adds to, you know, his run in the history books. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think fun and we'll see kind of like also what it looks like, like the, the, the level of basketball, you know, does it go down <laughs> for a month? There's so and it doesn't mean mm -hmm. as much, you know, we'll see. But I think it did did a good job of kind of getting eyes on the game and making the games a lot more competitive and mean something early on. Yeah, great I, would for everyone. I would love to get into a player's head and learn from them about, you know, psychologically, either subconsciously or consciously, do these in-season tournament games mean more to them um, when ultimately – in some ways, they're just another game in an 82-game season working towards the playoffs. Um, I thought, I think it was Damian Lillard that made a good point about, you know, the $500,000 cash prize is, is big to, um, these guys are certainly not poor, but, <laughs> but big to the players at the end of the roster who may be on two-way deals. It means a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, that could be bigger than their contract. Exactly. Yeah, and I know there was some mixed feelings from the players, maybe not mixed feelings, maybe kind of disgruntlement about the, the tiebreakers and how um, point spread or, or um, point differential, I should say, um, in the group stage dictated who made it to the knockout rounds, um, which I get it. I don't know if there's a better way to do it, but it – it also makes, I think it, it probably requires a mindset change from the players and that, you know, and even in garbage time, when a contest is out of hand, you still got to play hard and, um, you know, cheap fouls can add up to affecting the point differential and all that. Um, any thoughts from you on that? Yeah, it's one of those, like, it, it, it... I didn't watch the big game that it mattered, you know, mm -hmm. where they're just like, like fouling people just to have them like all of it, you know, but um, I would say unless there's like actually a better option, it seems like a good way to, yeah. Like you said, keep people engaged. Um, but I, I think it's fun. I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's new it's something that can be altered a bit and polished out and made better every year. But I think overall it's trending upwards and players seem to like it. Fans seem to like it. Um, yeah. Overall it's success. Agreed. So do you want to get into talking about our NBA teams a little bit and where they're at? Um, why don't you start with the bulls? You told me that, Zach Levine may have played his last game with the Bulls. This was a couple weeks ago. And sure enough, I don't think he's been back. Um, Bulls are now 9-15. and 15. Um, Actually have had some competitive games, uh, particularly with the Bucks. But, yeah, how are you feeling about how their season's going? Will they move pieces like Levine and DeMar? Yeah, I think it's 
Um, I think it remains to be seen how I, I feel about this season. And it really is largely like something needs to change. Something needs to happen. And that is why I feel like Levine's played his last games with us, you know, especially once they started, like they went on a four game win streak right after it and then played, you know, the Bucks into overtime yesterday. And even watching them, they're on as we speak, kind of in the background here, there's been some times where like early in the season, you know, teams would be up and go on a little run and be up by nine. And that would just feel like the game was over because suddenly you look up and it was 14 and then it'd be 19 and 22, you know, and maybe they'd make a little run, but this team, you know, they'll be up by nine and then they'll go on their own run and then they'll be back by two. Like there's just a little more life in the way that the bulls are playing without Levine right now. And the big reason for it, it's not like Levine, some cancer to the team or, or like, a bad player, but it's really just ball movement. They don't move when it's Levine and uh, DeMar. Everyone pretty much just sits there. They run some sets, but there's not a lot of cuts because you can't go into the lane, you know, away from them. There's like weird, they're going to shoot it. They're probably not going to pass out. And it just becomes this very slow ISO ball game, which doesn't work in the NBA when other teams can run and gun and swing the ball around and hit three after three when you've got two guys who one a slasher and can shoot off the uh you know when he's passed to he's a great spot up shooter but so it didn't really work i he's out now with foot soreness i believe <laughs> foot bruising and it got elongated from like a week or two to like now it seems like a month and it'll be after the trade you know like after they're able to trade these players so the issue is right now, it's like, what can we get for him? And what direction do we go? Um, do we blow it up or do they try and make contenders out of this team? I think two weeks ago, it would have been a clear you blow it up. I think now it's a little tougher because they've shown some real heart and grit. And you can kind of see like there is depth on these teams and they are good at defense and they're athletic and they when they're actually passing the ball and, you know, swinging the ball around and stuff. Um, and Kobe White, when he's getting Zach shots, he's hitting them, you know, had 30 last night. So I'm before the season, I said, like, get rid of Zach and see what you can get for him. And we signed him to the Supermax and that was upsetting and it feels like okay so now we did that just to now be in the middle of the season and it is kind of clear we have to trade this guy but we're not going to get that much for him or what are we going to get for him and it's just disappointing the front office and hard to it's been a fun little stretch of Bulls basketball thank goodness but it's hard to feel good about this season going forward until you kind of see it play out interesting yeah i'm reading uh, an article from uh shams trani on the athletic who's probably kind of parallels us in terms of being <laughs> basketball insider um close yeah. close for sure um but no he said uh, bulls are expected to continue probing interested teams on his Zach levine trade 
Um, Lakers and Sixers expected to be suitors. Um, but the Bulls are going to see how the season plays out, as you kind of alluded to. They found their, uh, their way a little bit winning um, four in a row to get from, I think, five and 14 to nine and 14. Um, athletic Sam Amick reported that DeMar DeRozan's preferred destinations, were, if we were to get dealt, would be the Knicks and the Heat, which is interesting and something we might have to talk more about down the road. And then a number of teams have been expressing interest in Caruso. Uh, but Bulls reportedly have shut down uh, a lot of those interested calls. Yeah, I we'll kind of see what happens. I think the good thing is they have this little streak, and now they've got a very tough stretch of games um, right now. But it's like they just look like a different team than they did this season. You know, right now they're only down five to the nuggets and look like they're going to hang with them you know and they just like they're not getting punked whereas at the beginning of the season they just looked like they were bad at it was just like it didn't click like i haven't seen as many teams where i was like there's some talent on this roster like they're not a contender but they shouldn't be this bad like what is what's going on here you know yeah but we'll learn a lot about the bulls because they play the nuggets tonight then at the heat at the heat at the Sixers, 76ers, home against the Lakers, home against the Spurs. You know what I mean? So that's about five, six games in a row of really top-tier teams. You know, if we can win three of those games, I think this team begins, hey, like there might be something here. Um, I, You know, let's hang on to Caruso if we can. Maybe hang on to DeMar and Vooch and just see what we can get for Zach. Can we get one player who's going to help us this year? and a pick you know i could see the bulls doing it and trying to make a push and trying to kind of be they're not because they don't have the full culture of like the heat these last few years where it's like huh they made it that far but just kind of like if you have some dogs on a team like they do add up and i mean when you look at this team caruso's you know javon carter kobe white's coming to his own tory craig's great andre drummond like they have these players that can go just like intimidate you and stop you and stuff. And they play so soft. So we'll see where they're at after this little stretch here. And I think that's where you make the decision. Do you kind of just try and keep as many young, good pieces as possible and try and gain picks and start over? Or do you, um, you know, try and, make a contender this year the the history of the bulls seems to be that they'll never tank fully mm -hmm. and you know they'll just, as long as they're okay so i assume that's what we'll do we'll trade levine for someone in a pick we'll see uh let's talk about your knicks though um unless you've got any final thoughts on the bulls as an outsider no, I'm happy to go into the Knicks. So as it as it stands, um, the team is 13 and nine, uh, sixth in the East. I think about where we expected going into the season. The big news is Mitchell Robinson is going to be out, uh, expected to be out for about two months with an ankle injury. So um, Hartenstein is still coming off the bench, but is going to get the majority of the minutes at center. 
and Jericho Sims <clears throat> is uh, gone into the starting lineup, which is, uh, I think, going to really impact us defensively. Hartenstein, who I like Hartenstein a lot. Um, he brings some good toughness off the bench, is a good passing big, a good score. But uh, Mitchell Robinson is one of the premier rim protectors in the league. So his, his loss will be um, big for the Knicks, and it's definitely a storm for them to weather. They also made a change in the lineup last night, which was interesting, um, and we'll see if it sticks or if it's kind of more experimental. They put Dante DiVincenzo in the starting lineup, and with Grimes uh, coming off the bench. Um, Grimes did really well off the bench, um, had a nice scoring output, against the Raptors um you know I've I've talked about this before but I think the key for the Knicks is RJ Barrett being consistent and being that third scorer as a maybe fourth or fifth year pro now um he is still an inconsistent player um some nights he really shows out other nights you know he starts off slow and you can tell his confidence gets down and he's he's absent or kind of on the periphery being very uh, passive in the way he plays. Um, So, you know, uh, I would say a B, B plus for the Knicks to start their season. I think they're, they're doing okay. Um, I don't think the loss of Obi Toppin is um, been a big one for them to deal with. Um, I like that they brought Hart back. I think DiVincenzo was a good pickup. They retained Hartenstein. Um, I could see them, you know, if if they see a window to make a push in the East come playoff time, um, potentially being in the trade market. Um, I don't know if they'd go for a guy like DeMar, who's, you know, a star, but an aging star, or go for more of a role player that could add some potentially some pop off the bench um so that's where the Knicks are at I think listeners will continue to monitor how their season goes and uh take it from there thanks yeah I think um I guess that would be my one question just to pick a little bit more into that like is there something like you see like a need for on the team that you guys should be aiming for in um free agency I, we we do sometimes struggle a little bit offensively. You know, Tibbs' teams are always solid defensively. We're allowing the fifth fewest points in the league, uh, I believe. But um, another, I do think another score would be helpful. Um, potentially a, some three point shooting. If we, you know, Fournier was kind of brought in to be that guy, um, but he has been totally phased out of the rotation and is sitting on the bench earning his paycheck. Um, but we don't have, we have, we certainly have guys who are jump shooters and who can create off the dribble. But I think a guy like, not that he would come to the Knicks, but for example, like a Duncan Robinson that can spot up and hit a corner three, space the floor and create mm-hmm. space for a Brunson or a uh, Emmanuel quickly to attack um, would be good. And also Julius Randle, who needs kind of space to operate. Yeah. 
someone to respect so they can't go help on those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, just curious. But I think, I mean, very well said. That seems outside looking in, that seems to be, they seem to be about where they're at. Uh, hopefully, like you said, weather the storm, Mitchell Robinson. Um, big shout out to him for that sweet story that was kind of posted everywhere and uh, mm-hmm. turning to a really, really good NBA player. So, um, yeah, want him to recover quick. So then I guess um, any other uh, like news and notes um, in the NBA that you kind of are thinking of? Um, yeah, just a couple things to add in. So the, the Mitchell Robbins story that you referenced uh, was yeah, very sweet, very wholesome. His his high school coach's wife passed away. Um, so he invited his high school coach to move in with him in New York. Um, and another thing to add was the documentary uh, Kirsten mentioned. This is not NBA related, but at the outset of the call, uh, can be the U.S. Women's National Team documentary can be seen on Netflix, I believe. Uh, yeah, Netflix. Um, and it is called Under Pressure. So definitely recommend checking that out. Um, you had uh, thrown a couple things in there in terms of other college basketball news. Caitlin Clark, LSU Women's. Um, what did you have to add there? Uh, just checking in, seeing how they're doing. Caitlin Clark, you know, off to a great start. People are excited. She's signed an NIL deal with Gatorade, I saw today. Mm-hmm. Um, so tons of NIL deals right now, really um, getting people excited. And LSU kind of just uh, had a couple losses that were a little unexpected. Um, or is it two or was it just the one to Colorado? Um, Colorado. But either way. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, just kind of like as they're gelling. Um, but going to be fun to kind of see how the season goes there and do the favorites, stay the favorites the entire way. Um, and then I guess I just wanted to like kind of just of note with like the Clippers, you know, and the whole James Harden stuff. Um, so far, it's not working super great. Um, I'm a little worried about the um, ball movement there. Like it feels like a, another situation, kind of like with the Bulls. Like if you have all these players who want to just sit and be on the ball and kind of, you know, have it for a bit and then make a move, like it's just tough to play in this NBA with some of these teams where it's just so fast mm-hmm. and so spread out. Um, so wanted to put that note out there. Um Otherwise, not too much more is, is changed in the NBA. We're just getting going, though. Um, it should be a fun season. And and Ja will be back soon, too, actually, is the other thing of note, I guess. Yeah, I did just want to add that uh, the NBA, WNBA's uh, draft order was determined. So we've got a lot of mock drafts uh, mm. coming out online, listeners, that it's worthwhile to go check out. Looks like uh, Caitlin Clark is – pretty much the consensus number one um to go to indiana to go to indiana yeah uh, i'm reading uh mock draft right now that is Paige uh beckers to the la sparks at number two um cameron brink from stanford to the uh mercury at three 
Um, and then another notable name um, would be Angel Reese, who I think they have going 10th or 11th overall to the Liberty. Nice. Yeah, we'll see how that kind of shakes out as the season goes on. Definitely a chance for some of them to move up or down, depending on, you know, how it all plays out. And uh, there's so much more spotlight on them lately. It's it's great to see. And gonna, I think said this last time, but going to get to go see Caitlin Clark in person at the end of January, which will be a treat. Awesome. Yep. Um, anything else I want to mention before we get out of here? Uh, fantasy football. Oh, yeah. We uh, made it to the playoffs in our fantasy football league. There's 10 of us. Six of us make the playoffs. Uh, MK here finished first through in the regular season. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so big, big shout out to you. That's huge. Um, I snuck in at fifth, um, but feeling pretty good. Uh, beat you, num- the number one, and Wyeth, who's now number three, but was number two in back-to-back weeks going into the playoffs here. You know, my playoffs started early, mm-hmm. I like to think. And so here I am and feeling good. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, you've been in do-or-die mode for a couple weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, we've, both uh, been, loving it. we've both been hurt by Vikings injuries, I think, right? Because you had Kirk Cousins and I had Justin Jefferson. Yep, yep. Um, I think yours is probably worse than mine there. But, yeah. That's fantasy. I mean, that's the NFL. It's brutal. Yep. I'm feeling confident going in these playoffs, man. I'm the number one seed. I feel like this is my year. I got the bye, so my team can rest a little bit. Uh, and then it looks like if you beat uh, just these yep. team, we could be matched up next week. So I believe so. I'm not sure if it goes like highest rated versus, yep. you know, like if you'll play the lowest rated team, yep. but or if it is. But yeah, either way. You'll be in trouble when we meet. I'm feeling good about my team. Listeners will keep you updated. Uh, yeah, and I, we hope you have a great holiday season. Uh, we'll we'll check in uh, sometime soon. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do a holiday pod. Um, talk some, you know, NBA Christmas Day games. That would be fun. Holiday hoops. The holiday hoopla. Enjoy it, listeners. Take it easy and uh, stay safe out there.